Hello and welcome to another episode of Fool's Daily. Fool's Daily! The Daily Fools are daily. I'm still joined by the duo of destruction. <laughs> we are the duo of destruction, that's just me. Actually, no, actually, duo of destruction is wrong. Duo of distraction is better. Yes, so I'm still joined by the lovely Conrad and the lovely Matt. Hello. Hello. And um, in the time since the last episode in this one, Matt has become my favourite person again. Just oh, that's good. How did that happen? Just no arbitrary reason. Ah, excellent. Aha, in your face, comrade. <laughs> I'm a broken man. Oh, no, wait, I was already broken. Yeah. So I'm t- just broke. So is Conrad. Um... Today, we are going to talk about... Um, Some Kickstarter stuff. Yeah. Continuing on from Conrad talking about kickstarting board games, um, he wants to have a little rant. It's not re- To be fair, it's not really about Kickstarter, is it, this? No, it's not. It's about, it's about how companies go about... Um, using it. Using Kickstarter to uh, essentially fund... A new edition of the rules and their and, rules. And in particular, we're going to talk about one particular game, aren't we? Um, potentially we will do. And yes. you're going to go off on one. Um, I might do. So just giving people a heads up um, to, you know, settle back with a nice cup of Horlicks because um, Conrad's going to go off on one. Do you think he might get so angry that he might wee himself? I don't know. I've already... I've already done that, I'm afraid. Oh, okay. He might froth at the mouth a bit. That might be, that might be entertaining. <laughs> that so, would mean I'd need fluid in me. <sighs> okay, I'm not going to... That's gonna... too easy. I'm not going No, I'm not going there. I set him up. I don't want to knock him down. No. Um, go, go, Conrad. Let, let, us, let us discuss. So, so... so... <laughs> You, you want a new set of the rules, and you've got an established player base. Yep. Why why do companies need to uh, use Kickstarter to fund or pre pre fund or whatever it is, or get forward sales for a new edition of the rules? Because they're scared people won't buy them. Well, that was an easy episode. Then let's go. There we go. But it's but it's the true answer. It's unfort it's unfortunate that in in our very small space of gaming, Kickstarter has completely distorted the market, and it's almost impossible to bring new figures, new ranges, new anything to market without using Kickstarter to do them. So is this about the risk at the end of the day? No, it's not. Okay. If you if you look at let's take okay, let's let's take an example. If you look at Oathsworn miniatures, okay? They are using Kickstarter for what the, the lofty goals of Kickstarter are. They need the cash to produce the figures that you then get. Proper crowdfunding. Yeah. It's it's not a pre-sale. It's um, not a let's gauge the water. It's a 
if we don't, you know, it's a cash flow exercise. If we don't have the cash, we cannot afford to pay the mold maker, to buy the metal, to cast stuff, etc. And that range of figures, whilst it's been sculpted in-house, won't get Are we sold. talking burrows and badges we're, ta- we're talking burrows and badges, yeah. We're talk- well, or the, um, with the heroines and sensible shoes stuff. Okay, yep, yep. You know, those figures wouldn't get made. It's too much of a risk to make those sorts of figures on spec. Plus, did you, say, did you say risk? I did say risk because it is too much of a risk. You can't sculpt those figures um, and then sell them piecemeal because you're not getting paid. If you're yep. doing it as a separate thing, so if Michael, if Michael from Oathsworn had a separate job and he was sculpting at night and then selling you know a figure or two then you could probably trickle them out but it's not that's michael and joe's that's their business that's their livelihood i'm waving my arms about here because you know michael and joe they're great people um so the kickstarter model works incredibly well for them you know it gives them the it gives them the cash flow to build their range and create their game and they've got to a position where um, their game is going to be the Offspray hardback for this time next year. You know, in the Frostgrave slot, where Scrappers is now, though Scrappers seems to have just gone... Um, that's where Burrows and Badges is going to be next year, because of their hard work, because of their building up of the customer base, and using the Kickstarter to do that. And Kickstarter gives you a massive amount of publicity. So very much like Des has done with Roots and Magic as well. Exactly like Res- Des has yeah. done with Roots and Magic. Exactly like Annie is doing with, um, uh, you know, Ghosts, no with Ghosts of Gaia and things. Yep. It's getting ranges that wouldn't otherwise get made, and it's giving the publicity. Okay, that's great. Um, and then you have the flip side. You have the company like, you know, a company like well, Mantic. A company like Weird. Um, who weird, weird, weird have used Kickstarter to essentially get interest in their, their in their what's it called uh, the their game the other side the other side the other side they've essentially used it for pre sales for the other side haven't they it's effectively a pre sale yeah and that's where I'm going it's effectively a pre sales mechanism yeah um and you know all the Mantic Kickstarters are the same you know they're not. They're not scrabbling for the stretch goals. They have them all planned out beforehand, and they have everything. Every, you know, everything is sculpted already. So they've already laid out the initial expense of getting it sculpted and stuff. So it's purely production cost. So it is purely a pre-sales mechanism, which is how come they can afford to do the. It's it's the um, stack them high and sell them cheap model. Which is effectively what Mantic are doing in a in a Kickstarter, and lots of other companies are doing Kickstarters as well. I mean, Spartan did it this year with uh, Dystopian. They put out a survey, as you know, as I've mentioned in a previous episode. You know, what do you want to see? Would you be interested? So they did a load of sort of um, research before announcing the Kickstarter, which probably only came out about a month after they uh, they they put their research questionnaire out yeah. um but this that is a 0.5 release of a rule set so it's not even a necessarily a new rule set. it's, it's two dystopian wars is 2.5 um 
Yeah, it would be but, it would be equivalent to use weird as an example again. Weird one point five. Weird doing um their yearly book that they do at Gen Con, doing that via a Kickstarter. Yes, yeah. Um now, I I completely understand why all the companies do it. Because the market has been dist- the market is distorted and you get your publicity for doing it. So um regular listeners to the show know that um on the side I have a terrain you know, a laser cut terrain business. Well have you? What's that called? <laughs> is it called the terrain shed? It is. <laughs> Okay. You should have called it the Choo Choo Train Shed. Um, and you should have called it the Choo Choo Train Set. You finished? It's not train. It's terrain. Sorry. One of the things. I finished there. All right. One of the things that I produce on there is terrain. Clues in the clues in the name, really, isn't it? What, like sports ball? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Carry on, Mike. Mike's going to get angry in a minute. Look, I can, yeah. I can feel it. Shh. It's bubbling. Modular dungeons. <laughs> Same to you. Um, in both science fiction and <laughs> fantasy variants. Okay? Now, I can do all the publicity that, oh, for God's sake. I went on mute, honest. I'm not going to bother. I'm ready. Go, yeah. go, go. No, I'm not bothering. So there's a publicity element of going on the Kickstarter. Yeah. Because you can push as much as you want in Facebook groups and things, and you get no traction. If I want if I want to sell the dungeon and the um, vault, then I have to push out a Kickstarter. But I don't need the money for the kick from a kick that a Kickstarter will generate. You know, I could if, if people if I could, it's purely would be a publicity exercise, and I think that's wrong to do it. Which is why I don't do it, and I'd rather just not sell the stuff. Is it honest. publicity and pre-sales as well? No, 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 because the the money for the sales don't make any difference because to get put it on to put on Kickstarter because of the expectation of Kickstarter, you effectively have to be selling at close to cost. Yep. Okay. If I wanted to make, if I wanted to, if I needed the terrain shed, and this is this is not a Kickstarter question. This is an industry thing. If I want, if I needed the terrain sheds to actually make me a living, the prices of all the stuff on the terrain shed would have to be fifty to sixty percent higher than they are currently. In which case, no one would buy it. At all, the would, sales would be zero because you are competing against companies in that particular space, such as TT Combat, which are selling the stuff at basic their stuff at basically cost or close to cost because they are running that alongside other lines that they sell. And other businesses all fund into the same enterprise. So, okay, so publicity is, uh, publicity, is clearly a, is publicity a, is, a, is a major driving thing. It's a, it's a it's an awareness thing. I get that, Paul. 
terrain shared and potentially oaths sworn to a degree. Although I'm guessing they, you know, um, their fan base is already there to a degree. People who are going to buy oath sworn stuff know who oaths. No, I disagree. No. Yeah, if you look at the sensible the the um, heroines and sensible shoes stuff, mm. their previous Kickstarters have been doing seven or eight grand. That did like forty grand. Okay. Because it was a subject that people hadn't seen miniatures for, and which caught the imagination. So that's a, a, a USP essentially. Isn't yeah, it? it's so it wasn't at that so, time. in that particular case. It wasn't the same people back in the same you know back in the same kickstarters yeah which obviously you get a lot of repeat business i mean you need to read the comments on a lot of the big kickstarters where people are saying oh nice to see you again and stuff mm. but but then do you think something like zombie so so we're talking let's take the harry potter films i think harry potter as a concept and the books aren't necessarily the best books that that you could read um it's a great concept but do you think think uh that kickstarter and something like harry potter are a moment in time you know potentially even gilball picked up uh it was it was at a particular time where there was a a lull in say for instance the war machine interest so were they essentially lucky to i don't know if they would be, be there at that time i don't i know i i I don't think I would say it was luck. I think it was. I think it was. I mean, Gilball was a was a good. You know, is a good game that plays to its the strengths of the people that it was targeting. Yeah. Um, the okay. same with same with the Dark Souls board game. Okay. Yeah. No, I take that um, as well. Which is playing to a huge audience of people who play Dark Souls. I bet there's. A, I bet there's a massive proportion of the. Um, Kickstarter the backers, who, that, yeah. who aren't board gamers slash tabletop gamers, yep, but are video gamers, and so bought it because it was the Dark Souls license. I bet if you took the same mechanics and put them into a different game, you know, even with the same figures or you know as close as, um, you wouldn't have got the massive interest that it did. But then you take somebody like Weird and the others. There is a there is a twofold uh, attack there from a business perspective using Kickstarter. As far as I'm concerned, there's publicity and there is the 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 use um, and potential buy-in from the existing player base as well. So you've got a twofold type thing there as well. But you see, this is where where I think. For companies that are re or publishing a new version, a you know version two, a, a mark two, a a new version of the rules. This is where I feel that companies use Kickstarter because they are they don't. It feels to me that they don't have a hundred percent confidence that their new version will be as well received as perhaps they would like. Therefore, they want to try and get people locked in before they see it. I think there is there is an element of. I think there's an element uh, of of truth in that. Um, I. 
if you take DW for example, um, it was uh, an in-house thing. Uh, I'm guessing you know Spartan are quite interactive with their their player base. I don't know if it was discussed on forums or it was uh, the changes. I don't think there's been a lot of changes at all because I've got, I've got the PDF version of the the new rules. They did send that out despite their issues that that I talked about with the printers. Um, but then you take something like uh, the the Kickstarter that that my friend Nigel's um, backing, the Relic Knights Kickstarter, um, and the rules are not a thing as such. So, and that's another unusual situation with DW. They had some new ideas coming out in association with the new rule book. So you've got campaign books, you've mm. got some new sculpts, some new a new type of ships for each of the um, each of the, the various factions. With Ninja Division and with Relic Knights, they are looking to they're moving to a new um, material for their figures. Uh, is one thing they're doing some resculpts, which is another thing. Uh, There's new stuff coming out to um, to come out with a new release of 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 the the rule book as well. So they've advanced the timeline. So there's a new set of additional figures for factions out there. But then at the same time, from a a version two rule set, you you don't know what you're buying into. Um, mm-hmm. They are doing an open play test, an open beta, um, very much like a, a lot of other companies. But by that time, you've bought into it. Um, and if you don't like the game, A, you know, there was a previous Kickstarter, so you've got a load of models there anyway. And B, you've invested in the new Kickstarter. I don't know what the rules are for whether or not you because you've essentially um, signed up and the date's gone, whether or not you can pull out from that. Not that I've ever come across that situation or been in that situation, but where does that leave you, you know, mm. as, as, a, as a backer of something that you loved a lot and you've got a lot of pleasure out of, but then potentially you're seeing something change from a, from a game and rules perspective, which is going to affect that enjoyment, uh, and affect your your love of the game. Um, where where does that leave you as a as a as a player and as a purchaser, as a backer? Yeah, I mean, and that would be my concern with Relic Knights in particular, in that its previous Kickstarter was an it made a lot of money, but the after service of the Kickstarter was an unmitigated disaster. Yes, so that was a huge learning point for them, and 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 you've got to admit that every come-on Kickstarter since then has been pretty much on on the button, hasn't it? But people are still going to remember that. No, absolutely, because, you know, if you take your car into a garage and it gets serviced badly, you don't go back there, do you? No, exactly. it's um, It's human nature, isn't it? So, you know, it did massive reputational damage to the game, and we talked about it on previous dailies of how excited people were conceptually with the game. It looked brilliant, but that because of the way it delivered, they failed to capitalise perhaps on the groundswell of excitement, anticipation, and I think they significantly damaged their potential fan base. 
So they, you know, they protect, they've got a core of gamers that are going to play it anyway. Um, so to me, it, they're almost falling into that kind of mantic trap of we're going to do it on Kickstarter because we want your money from you before you realize what we're delivering is not as good as perhaps you hoped it was. Before the reviews and the reports and the gameplay comes out that shows potentially it's not as good as it should be. Um, it feels, I mean, that I could be completely off the mark, but that's how it kind of feels to me. Um, and, you know, Kickstarter is not without its risks around that because, you know, you can get the particularly successful ones. You've, you know, we talked about um, Zombicide before that's made buttloads. Um, the new Zombicide. Rage did mil- the new Zombicide one is the first Zombicide Kickstarter that I've not done. Well, the Green Horde or whatever it's yep. called. Um, but historically, they've done very well. They've delivered more or less on time. They've delivered a metric ton of stuff. Blood Rage, fantastic figures. Wasn't overly delayed, I don't think. No, uh, both the others and uh, Blood Rage were on time. But I think this is that the 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 um, Relic Knights thing was a is a big learning curve for both Ninja and come on mm. um yeah i mean but you only i mean just on the re- i mean on the relic knights thing i mean you only need to look at the numbers to see um that your discussion about uh reputation damage is real matt i mean mm. the second edition did under four hundred thousand dollars um and the first one did over nine hundred thousand dollars there's over half a million dollars worth of difference um, and about a th- I think a thousand backer difference. Yeah, it's almost exactly a thousand. But people who backed the first one didn't. So back how the many second. how many people backed the first one then? The, back in the the people who backed the first one was three thousand four hundred and fifty nine. So it's and two and a half. Back in the second one is two thousand four hundred and eighty nine. Okay. So. You know, a thousand pe a thousand people who backed the first one didn't back the second one, or a third, if you want to put it in some slightly more stark. Yeah, yeah. I was. I was was one of them. I didn't back. I didn't back the second one. I've pseudo backed it through Nigel, Mm. but uh, um, and I, you know, the worry for me is is. In in these sorts of situations, is that I don't want to fall out of love with a game that I found unique and I I put effort into. I mean, when 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 is it that I've painted a a faction yeah, to play that's, with? That's mm. true, but I mean, so you said they were changed. I mean, you know, we sort of sagged into the the relic knights thing. You said they've changed the material. So what have they gone to? Uh, it is a, it's a resin. I think they, they're working with Prodos, actually. All right. Um, uh, oh, who can't even deliver their own Kickstarter. <laughs> um, uh, I'm, I'm not saying anything. <laughs> okay. So but, instead yeah. of that, instead of that crap spin cast stuff they were using, which worked well on the big ones and was awful on the small ones. Yeah. The yeah, lack so- of detail on the small ones was shocking. We got details, but it looked as though their face had been munged up a bit. Yeah, it was ter- it was ter- it was terrible. Absolutely Very terrible. hit and miss. Very hit and miss for a um, 
especially with the smaller figures where you where the manga look and feel is key it's it's just key to to a face you know so uh i i've had a few of the 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 resin figures and they are a lot nicer obviously because of the material um i find them still brittle um but i think that's the material uh but it's definitely an improvement as well Right. So, but the biggest thing is that they're changing the rules. They're changing the rules, so we. But they're the not. But it's not even. It's not even. They're changing the rules to a second edition. I mean, you know, a tweaks. It's not like Malifaux that tweaked. A huge yeah, fundamental. So, huge fundamental mechanics are changed. So they did a one point five version, which address some of the issues with the version one set of rules but now they're i think they're on the second or third release of their version two um beta set of rules to replace the whole game and there are fundamental changes in what i feel were unique aspects to the original relic knights game so specifically queue management of activation so you had a dashboard, and in that dashboard, you, dependent on the, the game size, you had a number of slots, which was essentially called your ready queue, uh, and that queue would slide down with the, the, the first card becoming the, activating, the active model. So you would essentially use that model to, to do move, shoot, or whatever. It would drop out the queue, and you would reset your queue. So essentially you were cycling things. So that was part of the mechanics of the game, how to cycle your queue, cycle your units to achieve your mission objectives, observing your opponent's queue to try and track that. So essentially to counterplay or address tactically what they were trying to do as well. Um and I think the other big thing was, even though the, the missions were potentially, you get a rock, paper, scissors type scenario where one mission would essentially invalidate your opponent's ability to get a mission if they, if one player achieved their mission, which they kind of addressed with the 1.5. Um, you know, these, again, these are sort of key elements and, and looking through the scenario. The basic scenario, they're trying to make the game more accessible, which I, I applaud. Um, so the basic game is about holding possession of uh, objectives at the moment. Uh, but they have chucked in some, some extra scenarios which are a bit more akin to the old scenarios that were in, in 1 and one five. But I see things like maps with fixed points, fixed positioned objectives. Um and okay, yeah. So they're trying stuff out. This is beta. This is not real. This is not the, the final production. But I immediately think of Malifaux and looking at a steamroller pack where you've got flags and objectives in in fixed positions. And you know, another part of the Relic Knights game was was the deployment phase of those objectives to achieve your missions. And that was a tact, a little mini tactical game in itself, deploying those those objectives. So I'm. I am concerned that uh, the uniqueness of the game will 
be it will change it will change mm. completely so um uh, okay I, I, whether or not that's a good thing I, I don't know but it's never going to be anything more than a niche game no absolutely i i, I understand that um and you know and and i'm a fan of i'm a fan of niche games i mean nearly every game i play is a niche game but <laughs> i think this is that this is another thing that kickstarter has has essentially um given birth to uh not necessarily the niche games but the disparity of focus on particular game systems which then dilutes the player base and you find yourself in in situations at clubs or whatever that you're feeling in the mood for x game but someone else is feeling in the mood for y game so you never turn up to the club because you don't necessarily get a game and it's great for the industry that we've got the choice and everything, but having a niche game like that, where you've got a small following of, you know, a player base in the UK, for instance, um, where you, you've got a consistent following where you can get 10, 16 players sort of thing. Is that going to blow, blow it away? Changing it. So the niche game then becomes a dead game. Well, I don't know. I mean, you know, you could make the argument that, come on, I mean, I know that this Relic Knights is a, is a soda pop, um, but first version was a come on. I mean, you could, always, you could make the argument that come on is loaded with dead games. Um, you know, Wrath of Kings. Was it, was it Wrath of Kings? Yeah. yeah. Wrath of Kings has got a new edition out. Um, yeah, who but, cares, though? <laughs> that's, the, that's the problem, isn't it? Who cares? But, but, but then the, the, ten the, people still playing it. Well, they got about 14, 16 players at Element for the uh, the UK Nationals, Masters type thing. So, again, niche game with a small following, but an- another good game. Uh, distribution well, issues. Well, you say it's not a good game. I enjoyed it. So, we're, we're back to but then it comes potato, back to the, potato. The whole discussion that we've had previously around this whole golden age of gaming that we seem to be in where... There is such diversity. There is something for everybody. But by there being something for everybody, nobody has to play the same thing. So that that's always going to be a risk, especially from a club-based perspective, if you've not got a similar-minded person that just kind of jumps about a little bit. If you but, want to play something consistently and it's but, new, it's going to be a problem. It's also from a, a community-building point of view as well, isn't it? So... Uh... Yeah, but that's not to do with the game. That's no. to do with having champions for the game. Yeah, okay. I can see that, yeah. Um, and investing in... Yeah, I mean... The, the, the investing beyond the getting the money into the bank. Yeah, I mean... I mean, you think, you think about a, a classic company that has always failed to do that is Mongoose. He will produce something with trumpets and fanfares, and then within three and a half weeks, it's like, yeah, but we've moved on to something new, so we're going to give that no support whatsoever anymore and move on to this new thing. So there is never any traction behind a game because as as enthusiastic as the players may be, there needs to be a, a company or, you know, a the production team behind it need to maintain a bit of momentum for it so few games these days will have a community because they seem to be far and forget the osprey games osprey games are brilliant 
they will never have a large community community because Osprey aren't interested in in having a gaming community. I guess it's not what those games are being produced for. They're being produced for people like me and Mike who will spend ten quid on it, play it a couple of times, and then think that was fun. Let's buy the next one and we'll play that a couple of times. Yeah, and that, yeah. And apart that from the, apart from the odd one, the the um, you know the Frostgraves. Yeah, I mean the yeah the hardback books. Yeah, that's that's what that's where I think the the difference is. But I mean, you know, Conrad has just sent me pictures of some Wrath of Kings models, which are lovely. Yeah, the new the new models are really really nice. Um, but the nice nice uh, Oriental one there for you, Matt. The uh, but the world the, is awash. The, with, the world is awash with nice figures. Yeah. yeah. In this age of uh, 3D printing, uh, accessibility to to yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, if I look at look at the game, I mean, you know, that have just fallen apart, that have lovely models, um, Wrath of Kings, uh, I would argue Relic Knights, you know, that it it failed massively to live up to what it could have been. Mm. Um. Fallen Frontiers. Well, that's that's kind of where I was going to go with some of the stuff around Kickstarter as well, of not achieving kind of what is viewed as a success on Kickstarter. Because I think for some companies, there is again from a reputational damage point of view, become if if Come On did a Kickstarter and it and it stopped at like four hundred thousand. People will be like, well, what's wrong with this one? Why is it not made a million and a half? Why is it not made two million? If the next Eric Lang game did, you know, like 750,000 instead of like two and a half, three million dollars, I think the game would potentially have reputational damage of, oh, that's the game that only did 600,000 on Kickstarter. No matter how good the figures are, there is, there will still be almost a level of scorn because it isn't the new the Kickstarter record breaker. Hmm. So, so what, what are the, um, what are the criteria to consider something successful on Kickstarter then? Uh, with some, some, some sort of, some form of longevity, you know, for a tabletop type game, because at the end of the day, what's in it for the company, apart from putting their stuff out, do they, do they, they make went, a lot of money out of it? Or but then that's the difference between a war game and a board game. Yeah, I mean, if you if you keep keep the keep the discussion to war games because board, yes. ga- board games are far and forget. If you yeah, keep they the, are self-contained entities. Yeah, if you keep the discussion to war games, then you have to be able to continue to sell stuff. Yeah, otherwise you're just going to fold. So and you, take have to, fall, you have take to, fallen frontiers then. Yeah. Full, I mean, Fallen Frontiers is de- is dead. Um, you know, I don't expect them to produce any more releases for it. You know, they scale seventy five, who produced it, seem to have moved on to, you know, producing these larger versions of their steampunk girls. Mm. Yeah, um, armor and boobs. I've not seen. I've not seen anything about Fallen Frontiers, which is a shame because the models are lovely. Yeah. Um, but you know it's 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 dead. It wasn't helped by the rule set, and um, you know it just is fa- is a failure. To me, Wrath of Kings falls in that that space. 
Um, and I, I'm not convinced that whatever you do, unless you get some champ, some community champions who will go out there and bust their guts to get a scene going, because a scene will drive it. A scene will drive sales. Yep. Um, and it, being uh, able to buy stuff as well yeah. helps. But a he- but a healthy, you know, a healthy event scene drives online activity, which then drives the more casual player to go, well, I'm seeing a lot of mentions of game X. Mm-hmm. Um, it's my worry about the other side. Um, what the weird, the weird game. Yeah. Is there, is going, is there going to be enough of a community that will drive it? Is there enough crossover from the Malifaux players who, um, whose scene is growing massively um, but that's an eight-figure skirmish game. Is there enough crossover to go to a, effectively a War Machine scale game that isn't War Machine? I don't know. Then, then what about going up to the GW size type game as well? But they don't. You see, they've come down. Yes, mm. they have. Yeah. That's well, the, it's a, that's the it's, thing. They it's aban- a, it's... they abandon that they abandon that space of um rank the mass, and file. of the mass battle rank and file game the two hundred model game they abandon that now people have tried to step into that um and you magic kings of war kings of war yeah. ninth age which is effectively a fan based rule set um you know this uh the new rune wars game mm-hmm. That's effectively a rank and file game. Um, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not convinced that the market actually, you know, the majority market wants that because they don't have, you know, attention spans are going down, and who wants to pay to paint two hundred figures? You know, beardy. beardy. Oh, I think you, well, if you want to do that, you want to be doing it in fifteen mil or something, don't yeah. you? Really? Yeah, well, six. But Room Cause... Wars looks very much like uh, an X-wing clone with fantasy figures it, it, yeah I think it is it's setting up manoeuvres and stuff um, but you know they abandoned that space and they came they came down a space and from all accounts it's been massive for them certainly the quality of you see that's a, that's the definition of success is that they keep putting new stuff out every month mm-hmm. yeah um, now and and and, and, uh, and they're selling it into- and they're playing down into the next space under now as well. Yeah. So they've gone from rank and file to war machine sized games, you know, mass skirmish. But you've now seen in the in the last month you've seen the release of um, the skirmish version of Age of Sigmar, yeah. which apparently is doing fantastic AOS business skirmish, with yeah. yeah within the community has has already developing a massive following yeah. because again it takes it down to a twenty figure game. Yeah. Um, Shadow War Armageddon, yep. cleverly, it's just Necromunda reskins, but it gives you an opportunity to play with your 40k figures while you've only got 10 or 15 of them. Yeah, and, it, and, you that, know. and that's clever because it gives you something to do with a small amount of pocket money type thing or a small amount of investment and still get something out of it. Yeah, now we're, it's interesting, we, we are going to see whether it is possible to resurrect a brand um, in the case of Wild West Exodus. Mhm. Yep. 
is yeah, it because... is it possible to turn around effectively a dead property um, that had very, you know it had some it had it had a a small you know it's, it's in the same boat as Relic Knights. It's got a small dedicated player base of you know ten twelve players who'll go you know who'll travel to meet up and and play pretty much the pretty much the same as you know things like epic do you know love epic it's you know it's a it's a niche of niche games these days yeah. um and it'll be interesting to see actually whether adeptus titanicus um makes any difference to that but you know you've got you've got relic you've got relic knights um in there and you've got Wild West Exodus. I know quite a few people who bought into Wild West Exodus when it did the Kickstarter. Um, I don't think I've ever seen a game played at a convention or something. But you've got new owners who are chucking a boatload of money at it. Mm-hmm. Is it po- is it possible to turn that brand around? It will be very interesting to see if they can, and if mm. you can, if that game can go. To being, you know, it's not going to be a forty k, but no. can it go? It to could being, be a Malifaux. Could it, can it go to being a Malifaux? Yeah, no, no, that that is going to be interesting. Um, on the Relic Knights front, I can't. I honestly can't see. It. I wish it, I could, because you know, I like a lot of a lot of the miniatures I liked. Um, in the game, there were a lot that I didn't like, but. I can't see, I can't see that brand turning around. Um, from a you know, regardless of what you do to the rules and taking away the the unique points of that rule set to make it, I suppose you more could argue accessible? more. I, well, more. I was going to say, I suppose you could argue more accessible because it's similar to every. It's similar to other things. Are you then just creating a clone of the yeah. game? Is um, it? Is it just the other thing with a new skin on it? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe people want another. You know. The problem is, of course, is that you then run into is. If the per- if the thing that you're cloning decides to go your direction and they they've got their fan base, that's the mm. the issue. But you know, I don't I don't know. Um, <clears throat> I didn't moan. You didn't. Well, you did sort of. There's a little moan. No, you started to you started you started to get you started to get a bit ranty and. Um, stuff. I'm sorry, but you weren't. Act- no. You were sort of dancing around what you were talking about when you were getting ranty, which was a good way of controlling my rantiness. Oh, well, it was a bit disappointing. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you're some sort of politician or something. No, we should all be shouting at each other. Apparently, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, there we are. What do you yeah. think? What, me? I've already told you. No. Listeners. Well, I just imagine there's only probably one of them left by now. Yeah, we might we might get uh, one tweet back. Mm. What were those... What were the 
Japanesey ones called for Relic Knights. Relic Knights or Wrath of Kings? Relic Knights. Japanesey ones? Yeah, they're like sort of Oni. Oh, they were the No, N-O-H. That's right, yes. No Empire. Yeah. I was just saying, if, if the bottom's falling out, whether there's any cool models going cheap on eBay. But no, there isn't. There's nobody selling anything on eBay other than buy it now retailers. That's probably all in a, they're all in a bin somewhere, I guess. I sold them. I sold them wine. Back before it completely crashed. Yeah. Anyway. Sorry, Conrad. Yeah, you're wrong. Get over it. No, it was a good discussion. It was a good uh, understanding of why of my sadness. Mm. Okay. Right, shall we go now? As we've been going for another 45 minutes. And it's quarter past ten. Yes, I definitely need to go out of a poo and a shave. Not at the same time. That's unhygienic. All right, then. Well, until next time, I've been Mike. I've been Conrad. I've been Matt. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. You can contact the Fools Daily on Twitter. We're at Fools Underbar Daily. Or via email, foolsdaily at outlook.com. 